before the show about uh, Israel, and it's always been a fascination as to what is going to occur in, uh, in Israel that is going to uh, make the nation such easy prey uh, for the Muslim assault that is to come. Uh, it's been obvious when you read through the prophets, uh, particularly through uh, Yashaya, that Islamic jihadists are going to flood into Israel after Israel um, accepts. Uh, accepts is a uh, is really too soft a word. I think it will be forced on her. Uh, but accepts um, the two-state uh, solution, or as I call it, the final solution uh, to the Jewish problem, uh, where uh, the Fakistinians uh, will be given territory that narrows Israel at its waist to an undefensible degree. And uh, the nation will be flooded with jihadists uh, and with rockets, both flowing into Israel faster than either the Iron Dome or bullets can stop them. And this is uh, inevitable, unfortunately. But one of the things that was hard to foresee is that Israel would self-destruct. And yeah. that's exactly what we're, we're witnessing. Uh, Israel is um, not only self-destructing, but there is no solution. Right. Uh, it was a, a combination of blunders. The, the left in Israel was essentially done. The progressives only got one uh, party to even have enough seats to be considered part of the Knesset. Uh, at the last election, the left unraveled. Uh, and uh, um, so you would say, wow, okay, you've got a conservative right-wing government. Um, they have way over the threshold number. Uh, they can form a coalition. Un unfortunately, we know that Netanyahu forms his coalition 
with the most irrational uh, and useless people on the planet, uh, the Herodim. And because they are breeding like rabbits uh, and they are completely dependent upon government uh, subsidies, the Herodim are very demanding. And so in their in their coalition negotiations after the election, uh, they demanded, the Herodim, for example, demanded that uh, A, they have judicial reform, and B, uh, that a new draft law be proposed because the previous draft law, keeping the Herodim uh, essentially out of the IDF, was overturned by the high court. And so the Herodim came out this past week and said that if, if Netanyahu does not bring up for a vote a new Haredim draft extension or exemption, then they're going to leave the government. And uh, at the same time, uh, Ben Gur, who has got to be the, well, I, I don't know, it's a contest in Israel as to who the most divisive uh, character is, where this Lapid uh, leading the, um, the progressives are Binger leading the, the wackos. But both have taken a real beating in the polls because the more they're exposed, the more it's obvious that neither have uh, the intelligence of a gnat. Uh, but Binger also said that he's going to leave the government uh, if he's not included in security uh, meetings. Uh, he denounced the government's response to the last series of rockets attacks from uh, Gaza, uh, and um, I, Netanyahu does nothing. The only chance that Netanyahu has, and it's a slim one, is to round up all of his religious wackos in a room and say, here's the scoop, boys. Uh, to form this government, it's true that I promised you the sun, moon, and the stars. We can't deliver the sun, moon, and the stars to you anymore because the way we went at judicial reform, which is necessary for Israel's survival, uh, is selfish. Uh, Durr wanted to be a, uh, have two minister positions, uh, demanded them, and yet he is an ex-con and uh, he's precluded. So you wanted us to change the judiciary such that uh, ex-criminals are ex-felons, if you want to use the American term, uh, can uh, come back into public office and steal. So we, uh, we did that, and it got thrown back in our face because you demanded it. And then we, uh, we decided we would change the graph laws, and we, we went after judicial reform in such a stupid way to try to accommodate all of your idiotic wishes that the thing that we actually needed, which was a Bill of Rights and a reasonable way to appoint judges and limiting the high court to ruling on that Bill of Rights, has been squandered. And we've turned the left, which was denounced at the last elections, into a formidable force that is um, tearing the country apart. So... Likud is so unpopular now, and the other members of the coalition are so unpopular now, that if elections were held today, 
they would lose about uh, 25% of the votes that they had previously, and uh, you'd have a center-left government. And it's amazing that, uh, that the wackos that comprise Netanyahu's government aren't smart enough to realize if we continue to push this, there's going to be one of two outcomes, civil war, or we are going to, uh, um, to withdraw from this government and we're going to lose power forevermore. That all the things we're demanding, we won't even get to sniff at if we bring down this government. And there you are, and um, who would have thought that Israel... would uh, fall apart at the seams, that she would be a a house divided against herself. Well, I guess most people would. All you got to do is read the Torah and uh, and listen to how Jews responded during the 40 years through the wilderness, particularly as they reached the waters of Mirabah. It is what is happening all over again. So it is sad, and I, I, I don't see a solution because the left feels empowered with their uh, disrupt the, uh, the government uh, protests. Um, they're, uh, you know, they, uh, the left, particularly uh, gays, which are a high percentage of the progressives in Tel Aviv. I think Tel Aviv is the most um, uh, gay, homosexual city in the, in the world. Uh, well over 25% of the population is gay in, uh, in Tel Aviv. They love to congregate and, uh, and fling their flags around. And uh, uh, they've been fed a bunch of lies. Um, all of their slogans are the opposite of what's true. There's no reasoning with them. You're not going to put the, um, put the jar back on that and uh, have it simmer down because they're too full of themselves at, at this point. Uh, nothing will happen until they bring down the government and Israel will uh, break apart at the seams. So that's where we Pretty are. Pretty scary. Uh, yeah. It is, uh, it is indeed scary. Uh, as an update as to where we are in our uh, rewrites of the, uh, I think, close to 30 books that are on the shelves at uh, Yada Yada, uh, we, uh, um, this time last week I told you we had finished uh, – the rewrite of Babel 1, 2, and 3. The rewrites are necessary because uh, of what we have learned about Dode. We're reading uh, that in the 22nd uh, Psalm uh, now, but it's everywhere. Uh, in fact, as I'm doing the uh, 20th Psalm now for uh, volume 1 of, of Coming Home, which I'm about halfway through now in the rewrite, it uh, says it in no uncertain terms that you know, I'm going to save my people through uh, the Messiah. It's going to be the feminine aspect of the Gaborah, the most competent and courageous individual. Though his only feminine aspect would be his soul that I'm going to use to save my people. We're going to celebrate this because we're in complete agreement with his judgment um, in this regard. And it just goes on and on. It says my response to my people is going to be through the soul of doubt. Uh, how we missed it, I, I mean, I know how we missed it. it uh, um, we came to the conclusion that 
Yahweh provided his nefesh and a nondescript uh, individual to fulfill Pesach and Matzah uh, in year 4,000 Yah. And we afforded Yahweh saving his people through his nefesh soul as uh, under the name of Yosha and uh, explained it that way. Uh, because it was really hard to fathom that Dode would volunteer. You know, when you read about Dode, you, you read about wonderfully heroic things and, and terribly uh, tragic decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. He was equal intellect and emotion. Um, when it came to the things of God, he was right all the time. When it comes to the things of men, he was wrong most of the time. Um, and so you, you have this conflicted character and that is not the character you would expect would volunteer for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to imagine a father saying to his son, sure, I, I'm going to allow you uh, to suffer under the uh, dastardly Romans and uh, suffer crucifixion as the Passover lamb, and then I'm going to allow your soul to go into Sheol to fulfill matzah. Hard to imagine God uh, allowing his beloved son to endure that. But once you understand that Dode recognized he had no choice. I mean, it was, uh, this was the only way to redeem his reputation. The only way to serve as, as Yisrael's king. I mean, Moshe couldn't, uh, couldn't lead them. And Moshe was the most exemplary character probably in world history. Uh, so right. Dode recognized that he had to do something to reclaim uh, respect of his people. And, this was the way to achieve it. Two days of, in hell for, um, for an eternity of respect. That's a uh, sound decision, and Yahweh knew it, and he allowed his son to do it. But every place you read, every place, it is the same story. It's, it's repeated over and over and over again. Uh, in fact, every prophecy pertaining to the fulfillment of the Moed, the salvation of Yisrael, um, both in year 4000 Yah, which is 33 CE, with the fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, Bakudim, and Shabuah, and then in year 6000 Yah, with the upcoming fulfillment in 2033 of uh, Kippurim and Sukkah, there's only one man's name and one title that is used. Mm-hmm. Dode's name and Dode's titles. That's it. Right. No other person is ever mentioned. And, you know, here we're, we're studying the uh, 22nd Mismore, and it's written in first person by Dode because he endured it. Um, so it's going to be a while we work our, our way all the way through the material, but it is a, it's a, it's probably the most rewarding change because with this change, everything uh, fits back into, uh, into its proper place all the way along uh, from, um, from beginning to end. Um, one of the things that I, uh, I promised that I would do uh, uh, this evening is we're going to backtrack just a little bit uh, to uh, where we were um, uh, prior to the, uh, the completion of the the last uh, program, which was um, we were um, reading Dode saying that he was going to experience um, death 
uh, of this physical body by having his uh, hands and feet pierced. It's uh, right. Mizmor Psalm 22:16. It reads, "For indeed the contemptible scum and abased yelpers have surrounded me." A politicized religious community providing testimony of the disastrously corrupt establishes a destructive annual cycle to denigrate what I'm doing. Now you can call that whether it's uh, the Christian uh, Christmas and Easter where their uh, baby God is born and then uh, uh, God uh, dies and is uh, bodily resurrected, or it's the annual cycles now in Judaism, uh, which uh, have no concept of what uh, Doe did to fulfill Pesach. They've essentially written matzah out of their uh, annual cycle of events. They do not celebrate Bukurim. And so uh, they've come up with an annual cycle that has no bearing on what Dode accomplished uh, and, and denigrated. Then it reads, they bore into piercing my hands and feet. Uh, Mismore Song 2216. The Mesoretic uh, says uh, uh, they... Uh, uh, like a lion are my hands and feet, uh, but uh, a modicum of, uh, of research shows that um, that that was changed by rabbis specifically because they didn't want um, uh, it to be acknowledged that Pesach yeah. had been predicted, the fulfillment of Pesach had been predicted and fulfilled uh, via Roman crucifixion. Uh, it was done to thwart that other religion as opposed to being sensible and saying, wait a minute, this is what God predicted was going to occur, uh, but it was Dode who was going to endure it. We can't overcome Christianity by coming up with the correct participant. It's well, this incredible in the verse that, that Dode's writing about this conspiracy is the conspiracy literally in the same verse it just blows my mind yes yeah yeah as as he's talking about what's happening to him his complaint is they have this annual conspiracy now against me um Mm -hmm. having turned what i did into this annual festival of stupidness Uh, they the thing that would have been um is so insightful as it as it speaks to piercing my hands and feet uh, is what Yahweh reveals in first person when he is speaking to the second to the last uh, of the prophets, Zachariah. And this has been would have been troublesome for the conclusion that Dode speaking in first person and the 22nd Mizmor was speaking of himself because it's typically uh, translated that uh, they will look upon me who they pierced. But that's not what the words actually say. And the problem with that, even if you were to go there with the, with uh, a misappropriation of the words, the entire rest of the statement is about mourning over a firstborn. Well, uh, the, the Mismor, go read Mismor uh, 89. Uh, yeah, there's a clue. Yawa is explicit that Dode is his firstborn. So if yes. they're mourning over a firstborn, who are they mourning over? Only one could be Dode. Dode. Yeah. And so uh, this is Zachariah from the uh, the 12th the chapter, and it reads, For a time, that uh, means that uh, it is written in the perfect, uh, 
for a time, I will pour out upon the house of Dode. Once again, every time there is a prophecy pertaining to the fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, Bakurim, Shabuah, Teruah, uh, Kippurim, or Sukkah, either in year 4,000 Yah or 6,000 Yah, 33 CE or 2033. Every single one of them, without exception, mentions either Dode's name or one of his titles or both. And for a time, I will pour out upon the house of Dode and upon those who dwell in Jerusalem a spirit of compassion and acceptance for those requesting mercy and clemency. So how is he providing mercy and clemency and compassion? Ah, next line. Then they will look to me. Wa Nabat, in the third person, they, at this time, will be equipped to observe, focus upon, pay attention to, regard, think about, and then appropriately respond to me, Elani. Eth Asher, accompanied by the one who they had reviled and pierced, the car. And they will lament over him, just like one cries over the most uniquely special child and valued life. Anguished and infuriated over him, consistent with the anguish suffered over the firstborn. Stowed. It's obvious it's stowed. There's no other option but stowed. And this child who was given in Yeshaya, uh, a son who was given, a, a child who was born, and Yeshaya 9 is, well, it lists Dode's name, uh, conveys his title, clearly speaking of Dode. And throughout the Mizmor, Yahweh says, he is my son. And he says he's going to be born in the normal way. He had three lives among his people you know it's obvious all along that god said he's coming bringing dode back that's two well he was anointed three times he has three lives among his people this is speaking of the of the remnant of israel who is now recognizing yahweh upon his return uh has the spirit of acceptance that's been poured out upon them and they're seeing him with dode whom they pierced and crying. Uh, and, and not just crying because they had done this to him, because that's the, the small part. That's, the, uh, that's two days of, uh, of, of agonizing. No, they're crying over 2,000 years of, de- of denying it. I, mean, yeah. I can't imagine anything worse than allowing yourself volunteering to be crucified as the Passover lamb and then have your soul take everybody else's guilt into Sheol to deposit it there. And once you've endured 
and volunteered for the most heroic and compassionate act in human history, everyone spits in your face. Mm, That's what they're crying about. A stunning uh, revelation. Anyway, God and King, Father and Son, are returning to Jerusalem, the source of guidance on reconciliation. They will do so one final time on Yom Kippurim. It is the day of reconciliations, not of afflictions. Uh, Look up the word uh, upon which Kippur is uh, based. It is plural because it's it's not only the reconciliation, of uh of yahweh with his people but also the reconciliation of his people something that clearly they cannot achieve on their own uh and if you want to know uh, just a little bit about what's going to happen on that day um the uh the prophet zachariah is really quite expressive about this uh that dode is going to anoint the mercy seat which is called a kaporeth based upon the same word of kaporum the Kaporath is the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And to reconcile the people once a year, uh, it's anointed with, uh, with blood to, um, so that the, the people's iniquity can be uh, annulled uh, and overlooked and reconciliation is possible. And that is what he's going to do on the Day of Reconciliations. Uh, and as a result, the remnant of Yisrael will endure um, forevermore with uh, Yahweh. And this is all going to occur on Yom Kippur, uh, sunset, 6.22 p.m., uh, October 2nd, 2033, which is year 6,000 Yah. Should you be Jewish and uh, you think, no, it's not, you know, we're in a year uh, five, seven, something. Uh, no, you're not. Uh, to believe Mamamides' numbering system is to be played for an idiot. Mamamides um, was, not, was not a very sharp man. Uh, and rather than going through the Torah and the genealogies in the Torah and the timeline that Yahweh provides through it, which, uh, D, you've done with Jackie and come up with a very succinct uh, timeline. Uh, Mike has also mm-hmm. done it independently and come up with a timeline. Uh it's not difficult to do, but that's not what uh, Mamamides did. No, he he liked uh, new moons and uh, the number 19. He, the number 19 is the revered number in uh, Islam. He was, uh, of course, the uh, advisor uh, vizier Saladin. to uh, Saladin. So he did like his uh, his Islam, and he based it on the dumbest criteria you can imagine that has nothing to do with God. And for all of this time, uh, Jews have been played for fools um, regarding the uh, the timing of, of what occurred. But um, if you do the if you go back through the timeline intelligently, you find that in uh, 3968 BCE, year uh, uh, one, if you will, it's when Adam and Shawel were kicked out of the the garden. Uh, right. 40 Yobel uh, later uh, is when the means for us to re-enter the, uh, the garden was provided by the uh, affirmation of the covenant on Mount Moriah. 
uh, that'd be 1968 BCE. It's, it's your 2000 Yah. So Abraham and Yishak um, uh, on Passover are on Mount Moriah, um, and they're affirming the uh, conditions and benefits of the covenant. Where Yahweh says, I'm going to provide the, uh, the lamb. Don't take your son. I'm going to give you mine. And so uh, we have 40 Obel thereafter, uh, which is 33 CE. There's no year Z, uh, zero in the transition from the uh, imperial uh, Roman, the Julian calendar, uh, uh, between um, uh, years, uh, or as particularly as it became the Roman Catholic calendar, between uh, B.C. and uh, what they now call A.D. So that's 33 C.E. We can affirm 33 C.E. through the prophecy and Daniel 9, where Gabriel, who happens to be from Gabor, and El, the courageous and competent man of God, who is Dode, uh, reveals that he will come to be cut off, but not for himself. Uh, as the Masiach, of which he was, uh, in uh, Jerusalem, and he gives you the exact date that he is going to enter the city, uh, which was four days before Passover in 33 CE, which is year 4000 Yah, 20 Yobel exactly from the time of, uh, of the dress rehearsal for this event with Abraham and Yishak on Mount Moriah. So it's not difficult to put these pieces together so that you would know from that date, which is set firmly by uh, Dode himself and uh, Daniel 9, to what happens, what's going to happen in 40, 40 Yobel from that time, which would be 2033. Um, soon we will post on the Yada Yada site a comprehensive timeline uh, from beginning to end that, uh, in particular, Jackie and Dee have been working on. Uh, for a mm -hmm. uh, for quite a while. So for the first time in um, in 3,480 years since the children of Israel um, when gathered around uh, Mount Horeb said that they did not want to see or hear from Yahweh again, a select few uh, will be prepared and they will be ready to hear and see Yahweh. Uh, the synthesis of Dode's devotion uh, will uh, look up to uh, to see uh, Yahweh uh, accompanied by his son. Um, they will be together. Father will be very proud of what his son has done. And the remnant of Yisrael will be exceedingly joyous to see Yahweh return and then suddenly saddened that they had denied mm -hmm. his son disrespect for all of this time. God will be accompanied by one of Yisrael's reviled and the one that Yisrael reviled and the one that Rome pierced. And uh, this is as it should be since um, we did not crucify God, but instead the one most beloved by him. Recognize the benefits that he was providing and how inappropriately people have responded to him. Everyone gathered before father and son on this day are going to be genuinely sorry that it came to this. 
The reaction will be bittersweet, but initially more weeping than shrieking. You know, it's hard to imagine looking upon father and son and realizing what they have done, only to add insult to injury by failing to appreciate his gift for 2,000 to 3,000 years. Dode wrote about it 3,000 years ago. He enacted it 2,000 years ago, and there isn't a religious Jew, maybe no Jew, up until just recently when we figured this out and began proclaiming it, that credits Dode for having fulfilled Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim. Yeah, it's true. In fact, religiously, Jews don't even think they've been fulfilled. In fact, religiously, they don't even know what matzah and bakurim represent. Right. You know, it's interesting here in Zechariah 12, uh, verse 10, that you just read, the word maror, they will mourn over him, the firstborn, and it just takes you right back to Mitzrayim, the firstborn and the bitterness of the the storyline. Like you said, they don't understand. These elements are all tied together and linked to Dode. It doesn't really, you don't have to be particularly bright to get it because no. Yahweh declares <laughs> vociferously that Dode is his firstborn, Bukor. Uh, of course, then that means that Dode was the only one that really could have filled Bukorim, which is firstborn children, which is the result of Pesach and Matzah for all of us in the, in the covenant. And so when Yahweh not only states this, through the 89th Mismor, uh, but says, if it's not true, what I'm saying of Dode, then you can call, call me a liar. liar. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine God saying that. that. That's how frustrated God is with his people. What, what, what he's really saying is, you're calling me a liar. Right. Mm-hmm. Dode's initial life among us was 3,000 years ago. It was the most amazing in human history. He was the consummate poet and lyricist, a shepherd and king, father of his nation, and son of God. A prolific prophet and a a heroic defender of his people. His life was so tumultuous, he represented the best and worst of Israel. But his relationship with Yahweh He became the exemplar of the covenant because it was always right. And yet, sadly, most of what he came to represent was stolen from him to legitimize religions that he has already condemned. He condemned those religions over a thousand years before they were born. I was reading something on a Jewish site the other day, and it uh, was talking about rabbi, and they were trying to explain, you know, why doesn't uh, the uh, the Torah speak of rabbis? Oh, well, because there were no uh, rabbis <laughs> until the first century yeah. uh, CE, yeah. and, the, and the reason yeah. that rabbis emerged is that somebody needed to explain away what was happening in this new emerging Roman cult called uh, Christianity, and the rabbis uh, uh, came onto the scene, and uh, they decided they would be the ones to explain it away, with Rabbi Akiba uh, being uh, first among them. Uh, It's amazing to credit Rabbi Akiba to be the father of your religion, 
when he's the man who uh, foisted a false messiah to try to divert attention from the false messiah and Jesus Christ. I guess if you have two false messiahs, there's some mm-hmm. confusion. But by foisting that false messiah, Bar Kokhba, uh, he brought the wrath of Rome on his people, uh, caused the land to be renamed, uh, and his people to be uh, hauled away in, in uh, slavery during the diaspora, leading to the Holocaust. And that's the dude you credit with being the father of your religion. There is something really, really sick about that. But as I was reading uh, on rabbis, when, of course, you know, they say the first century is the first mention of rabbi. Um, they say that, oh, no, uh, the first rabbi was uh, Moshe. Oh, no. Uh, the religious, the religious uh, Moshe, right. Yes, uh, Moshe. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have these. Idiots say stuff like that. It, wow. They don't read the Torah. Yeah, that's disturbing. <laughs> There's no yeah, place to well, check I, it if you don't read yeah, the Torah. No worse than worshiping a dead god on a stick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, exceedingly sad is the uh, the answer to all of this. Dode's uh, second coming 2,000 years ago uh, was the most compassionate and magnanimous um, offering in the long history of humankind. He volunteered to have his soul sent down from heaven and placed in a rather ordinary body to serve as the Passover lamb to open the doorway for his people to come home. I uh, have been translating the first uh, five Mismore and then uh, jumped ahead to 103 and then 20. It's interesting that in Mismore 103, uh, Dode begins it by saying, the hero of this story is my nephesh, my soul. And it's my soul that is enduring all of this for you. Uh, and it is just profound about Dode admitting that the, the way that he was able to fulfill Pesach, Matzah, and Bakurim was because Yahweh deployed his nephesh soul to do so. Nephesh, by the way, is a feminine noun. So then you turn to the 20th Mismore, and God is explaining, he says, listen, it's through my Messiah that I'm going to respond to my people. We're going to celebrate their salvation through uh, the Messiah when I bring him out of heaven. Not Not out of Israel, out of heaven, my Messiah. We're going to celebrate salvation uh, with my my Messiah, Uh, and we're going to do so through the Gaborah. Well, Gabor is one of Dode's most important titles. It means um, capable Mm -hmm. and courageous man of God. Gaborah is feminine. So what Mm -hmm. aspect of Dode is feminine of the Messiah that's going to come and uh, and save his people. His soul. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. It is so vividly uh, explained. So when Dode came out of heaven and his soul was put into a regular ordinary uh, body to serve as the Passover lamb, it opened the doorway uh, for his people to come home. And then he carried the guilt of the covenant family into Sheol, depositing it there so that we might be perfected 
and live with him and his father forevermore. He wrote openly, he wrote graphically of all of it. And then he endured much of it in the sight of his people. And yet no one has credited him with the most heroic and compassionate act in human history. Worse, his people denied the Mikra were even fulfilled. While the Goyim attributed his sacrifice to a figment of their imagination, damning Jews for killing their mythical god in the process. The 22nd Mismore was written during Dode's initial life, about his second coming. Now, it's hard to imagine what was going through his mind at the time. No joke. <laughs> uh, did I really well, volunteer for this, take Scott? Just a little while longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a drink. Let's talk we about it. Do we have a plan B on uh, the... No, actually, you know, you, you read Dode's personality. He's, he's not yeah. the kind of... Uh, when yeah. It comes to defending his people... A uh, dude had backbone and character. Uh, this is this yeah, is. Give me, give me some rocks. I'll give this you. is pure. Yeah, this is. Give me, give me a stone. I'll pick up six. I don't know why, but uh, we'll. Okay, uh, uh, knock off a few more. It'll just take one. So with Zachariah twelve, we come full circle. The Bakor firstborn during his uh, life as the king of Israel is projected through his second coming as he was pierced for his people's. Uh, redemption, and then into his third arrival as he returns as king of the universe with his father who created it. Those who rejected him now embrace him, and those who disavowed his father are now in his company. Just as there are um, three 40-bell epics of 2,000 years, between our expulsion from the garden and our return to it, courtesy of Father and Son, the Messiah will have been here three times over the past 3,000 years. He showed us the way home, made it possible for us to go home, and will be there to greet us when we arrive home. Pretty extraordinary. That's extraordinary. On the Day of Reconciliations, as the sun sets to a new dawn, on October 2nd, in the Yobel year, Yobel years times that debts are forgiven, all slaves are freed, and the land is returned to its rightful owners. Of, 30, of 2033, that's year 6,000, yeah, father and son will return to Jerusalem as a reconciled Yisrael and covenant family look up with tear-filled eyes, recognizing what actually occurred on the Passover Dode is witnessing and enduring. Now, returning to Golgotha on this day, Pesach and the Yobel of 33 CE, year 4000, yeah, we find that Dode predicted, I can count all of my bones. They themselves stare as they look right through me. That's Mismore, Psalm 22:17. Romans were savages. 
their okay. bloodlust was partially moderated by breaking the legs of crucifixion victims so that they would be unable to free their diaphragm. Once the capacity to push up against the nails that had been driven through the ankles was curtailed, just think of the pain of that, was curtailed mm-hmm. by broken fibulas, it effectively eliminated the ability to draw air into the lungs and breathe. While this sounds cruel, it was actually done to expedite death, shortening the duration of the agony from days to hours. This was especially relevant when the gruesome specter of crucifixion was visible to the religious pilgrims in Jerusalem for Passover. It's hard to absorb, uh, observe the Shabbat when one's view of the sunset is interrupted by the sight of religious and political leaders torturing the Passover lamb. Well, what a line. But I yeah. one thing, though, that this does do yeah. is there was no... Yes. In the, you know, the, the stupid Christian New Testament, they've got like, four entirely different accounts as to what happened before Pontius Pilate. None of them make any sense. They don't even harmonize with mm-hmm. each other. Okay. Uh, and no. so they end up blaming <laughs> Jews for conspiring against uh, their Jebus. Um, and that it was the Jews that convinced uh, Pontius Pilate, the uh, 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 to the Roman authority and over uh, Judea at the time to uh, crucify him. Well, a uh, little study of history. I'm sure you've done it, uh, Kirk, because you like this kind of stuff. A little study of history. The religious community in Israel uh, had written uh, Nero letters saying, Pontius Pilate's got to go. Because he has no uh, concern for, won't listen to, uh, will not tolerate uh, the religious community in uh, in Judea. He despised them. They would no more go to him and ask for a favor than the man on the moon. He would no more entertain them uh, in terms of who Rome should or should not crucify uh, then if they had been from Mars, they were not on speaking terms. It could not have happened that way. Plus, Rome was not in the business of terrorizing meaningless individuals. If, if you believe the Christian story, you got this guy, and you know he's got some, some followers, and you know he's turned some water into wine, and he took a bath in the Jordan River, and. And he uh, tells uh, really charming stories. Uh, and he's just going out about his business. He doesn't tell anybody he's got any kind of fancy title. He doesn't have an army. He's not planning an insurrection. There is a 0% chance they're going to crucify him. The only reason that Rome would have crucified someone, which they did to Dode, is for that person to say that... They are a king. That this is their country. Yeah, that's a death. That's it. So you either have to commit a horrendous crime against a Roman, which obviously neither did, or, well, the myth, it's really hard to have a myth create a crime. Claim your king. Or you admit sedition, that uh, you are royalty. 
and you're not their royalty. So that'll get, that'll get you straight to death. Dode was king of Israel. Uh, Jews were looking for a messianic figure. Dode is the Masiach. That Either one of those two would have sent him uh, right to his death. And so the Romans were doing their thing according to their rules. Now, the reason that Dode's legs were not broken is that he had been whipped to the precipice of death prior to being crucified. So his body would uh, succumb in a timely fashion without his bones uh, being broken. The second part of this uh, prophetic pronouncement suggests that even with all that he had written of his sacrifice on behalf of his people, they nonetheless stared right past him. They looked right through him, unable to fathom what was occurring before their eyes. They have continued to do so for 2,000 years. Now, since words paint pictures, it is especially relevant to know that the body, which Dode's soul was residing, was not hung on a cross on a hill far away, as the Christian hymn <laughs> suggests. Mm-hmm. Uh, right Romans the crucified their victims along yeah. major roadways. But they did. It was more humiliating and served as a deterrent. You're not going to kill somebody with all of the apparatus of, a, of crucifixion unless you're going to get something from it and terrorizing the people would do it. Golgotha, the place of the skull, is just outside the Damascus Gate and sits directly between what was the summit of Mount Moriah during Abraham's day and the Temple Mount. Portions of the mountain were carved away to enlarge the Temple Mount and bolster the city's walls. The place of the skull faces the main road leading north out of town. Today, that site of the crucifixion is the back parking lot of the Jerusalem bus station. I think I've shared this before. The only artifact that I've ever treasured, and it's sitting right behind my desk here, is a piece of limestone I gathered from this place. In all likelihood, the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, I think, lies uh, directly beneath, protected in Yermayah's grotto. It's quite logical, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, there is no reason for the Passover lamb's blood to drip upon that mercy seat, but there is a reason to have Dode's blood uh, um, drip upon the, uh, the, the mercy seat, anointed anyway, because Dode will be the one who will return to anoint the, uh, the mercy seat on Yom Kippurim. Mm-hmm. Now, the implement of death unto which Dode was nailed did not look like a Christian cross. In, form. in fact, the Greek word used to describe it is staros, which means upright pole. The vertical post was set and left in a recess into the limestone rock. There was no way somebody could as the Christian New Testament says so stupidly, pick up your cross and follow me. <laughs> what a morbid idea. But there were no crosses like that. None. The upright post stayed in the ground. All the victim could carry would have been the horizontal cross component part. of the apparatus. But yeah. that piece was set right on top of the pole. It would look like a capital T, not the Christian cross design. 
All that said, I would like to propose a different interpretation of this declaration. I think that Dode may have been drawing our attention to the corporeal nature of the Passover lamb with Shafar Kol uh, Estimoth, revealing that this accounting for the record was entirely physical. Neither his soul nor Yahweh's spirit would uh, um, die, just his body, serving as the Pesach El. Estem means uh, uh, bones, uh, it means physical skeleton, the essence of one's body, their corporeal nature is estem. Uh, the oath ending means all things related to one's corporeal nature. And so it was all things related to his corporeal nature which would uh, die. Uh, his body, not his soul. Providing fodder to comprise the Christian New Testament, we find uh, Dode revealing, they divide my garments among themselves and for my clothing they cast lots. Dode was painting, or pointing, I should say, something out that's quite profound. Uh, he was making it possible for us to live forever as part of Yahweh's family, inheriting all that is God's to offer. And the Romans were looking down, playing with pebbles to determine who could steal his dirty, blood-stained laundry. And while this no doubt occurred and was relevant for the reason I've shared, Christians have misappropriated it to prop up their faith. Mm -hmm. Without any cooperating evidence, they postulate that their Jesus fulfilled another prophecy, or at least the Romans had done so. And while it proved nothing other than Christian desperation, there is a serious problem with the gospel attestation. This was written in first person by the most famous of Jews, most assuredly not by Jesus. It said, for my clothing. My means my, not mm -hmm. his. But alas, if these Romans had been Roman Catholics, they would have scooped up his apparel, designated his robe as a holy relic, and then erected a lavish shrine that the faithful could worship it while collecting a robust visitor's fee. With Dode's last words on the upright pole, Yahweh's spirit departed, leaving the soul of the Passover lamb to bear the guilt of every covenant member. He pleads, but you, Yahweh, you will not be far away for a prolonged and protracted period of time. Lo, Rakach, you will not continually disassociate yourself from me. That was his assurance. So this prophetic statement offers two things. During matzah, Yahweh and Dode would be separated from one another. So when it says you will not be far away for a protracted period of time, it does mean that you are going to be far away Separated, for, a, yes. yeah, for a, a period of time. So Dode's soul... Okay. And Yahweh's spirit would be separated. It's just that since Rakak was both negated and scribed in the imperfect conjugation, 
if you're negating the ongoing aspect of the imperfect, it means that this would not occur over a prolonged period. And it didn't. It was 24 hours. It also provides the set-apart spirit with a descriptive uh, title. Uh, Eliuth is a feminine plural of Yal, one who assists and helps, one who empowers and strengthens. My Iyalu. Beautiful. My source of strength and help. Uh, Ilauth Ani is one who empowers and assists me, she who provides aid, making me effective and influential. The feminine form of Eyal, uh, Eyal, which is the strength, fortitude, and ability of the ram, opening the doorway. My Iyalauth, my source of strength and help, it is my desire and your decision. My choice and your will to act quickly, hastening the process, rapidly rushing in with a minimal passage of time to assist and my rescue by supporting me. Dode is not asking that the torment of crucifixion, the most agonizing form of death ever conceived by repulsive humans, worse than even the torture implements of the Roman Catholic Church. He did not say, I want that um, agony to be as short-lived as possible. No, it's the separation from Yahweh that he wanted to be limited in time. He's not saying, don't allow it to happen. Because he knows that that is how he is saving his people. He is taking the collective guilt of every covenant member and of all Yisrael and carrying it with him into Sheol where he is going to deposit it. What he's saying is, just don't leave me there. And I mean, he understood the timing of it, but mm-hmm. clearly time is not going to flow in a normal manner when there. And so he's feel like telling the spirit yeah. that it's, uh, it's my desire and your decision. Let's, let's, let's go over this. This is our playbook again. This <laughs> what? is what we've agreed to. My desire, your decision, my choice, your will to act quickly, hastening the process, rapidly rushing in with a minimum of passage of time to assist me and rescue by supporting me. No one had ever escaped Sheol. It's had to been a huge deal. Oh, I can't my. even understand it. Yeah. Well, he understood it because he's there in heaven talking about it, too. Yeah, but I, in my, I can't wrap and my and brain I can't around how he leaves. come out of a black hole. It's yeah. incredible. I have wondered um, when and how Dode wrote this. So Dode had to write it during his first life, which is yes. before he experienced it. But he is a prophet. And, uh, and Yahweh took him forward in time to experience what he was going to experience so he could go back in time to talk about it. But it is, uh, so I don't think this was written in heaven. I think this was written while Dode was, uh, was alive during his, uh, his uh, first life uh, around uh, what ended right around 968 uh, BCE. 
that's so sometime prior to that is when this was written. Yeah. And so he was able to witness every aspect of this from beginning to end prior to it occurring. That's the whole nature of prophecy and time and and uh, of Yah's ability as a spiritual being uh, to um, experience any moment in time at any uh, point that he wishes. Um, he can maneuver in time and is not trapped in its ordinary flow. And with his prophets, Abdod was one, he's able uh, to do this. So my guess is that right. both of you have checked uh, Iyaluth uh, out and mm-hmm. uh, come to some conclusions. <laughs> I have. I don't know about you, Kirk. Mm-hmm. Now, go ahead. Huh? It's, it's everything it says there. It is everything it says, but I just, it, when I first read it, it like actually a couple of years ago, you had translated this passage, and it really stood out to me then. I don't have any incredible insights to offer outside of what you shared, but I just love how it's the feminine of the I.O. Ram. It's, you know, in my mind, I somewhat associate it with the feminine um, aspects of the the female goat the not yes. the satyr goat but you know there is a feminine aspect to the Pesach lamb that you could eat a, a female goat or a male lamb right um, so I just associate it with that I think it's really cool it shows how they work together yeah it's amazing when you turn to Mizmor 103 and Dode is ex- expressing that his nefesh soul is going to endure this and then he asks us a bunch of questions about uh, mm-hmm. where our salvation comes from. Uh, but when he speaks for his soul, uh, it's a she. So yeah. she is doing this, she is doing that, uh, just as Ila uh, uh, Luth is uh, is the feminine of uh, El. Uh, the uh, O W T H ending uh, is the special feminine uh, ending uh, for uh, this kind of a masculine noun to make it feminine. So. Mm-hmm. Um, He's, it is it is his feminine counterpart, if you will. And what is Do- okay. Dode's feminine counterpart, of course, is his soul. And uh, the mm-hmm. Ruach Kodesh is feminine. So right. in this particular case, it's far more um, appropriate to apply this title and name to the Ruach Kodesh who he'd be talking to because his soul was going to endure this. It was the Ruach mm-hmm. Kodesh who was going to bail him out and support him. Uh, and he had been uh, anointed in the Ruach Kodesh at eight years old. And we were told that the Ruach Kodesh never departed from him during his first life. Well, she was about to do so here, although her departure would be quite brief. Mm-hmm. So just as the Hebrew language was embodied with the unique capability of limiting or extending the action of a verb over time with the perfect or imperfect conjugations, it was endowed with the ability to express volition in first, second, or third person, uh, something else that's occurring here. And here, as before, we find that minimizing Dode's tenure in Sheol is his will and God's choice, his desire, and Yahweh's decision. This is something that Dode requested and Yahweh approved. Uh, Dode's sacrifice, apart from Yahweh's 
support and approval is meaningless. It's a gruesome thing. It doesn't accomplish anything. And so they had to work together as father and son for this to prevail. So obviously, Dode wanted his time away uh, and his confinement in the lightless realm of Sheol to be limited. And he realized that, I mean, because realistically, he's going there to deposit our guilt. Right. Let's go in, let's deposit the guilt, let's come out. And he's, by the way, going to take his own. And, and oh, by the way, the, uh, as I think I shared with uh, our listeners last week, that mm-hmm. um, uh, my conclusion that he negotiated with Iowa uh, to take Absalom's guilt as well, so that the, uh, the son of the son uh, could be absolved of, uh, of uh, his uh, uh, bad choices um, is, uh, is affirmed. And I think it's the yeah. third Mesmore that specifically was written to say, yeah, that's, that's what he did. And who could blame him? Um, right. It was a, this was a big ask. Uh, uh, for a uh, a man uh, and for his God, and so pretty much you're going you're going you're the only person that can perform this mission because Dode was Yahweh's firstborn, so he's the only one that can uh, perform uh, uh, Pesach and Matzah leading to Bekorim. And since Yahweh had promised Abraham who was uh, there proving that he was committed to the covenant, uh, ready to sacrifice his son. And Yahweh says, no, I'm going to provide the lamb, inferring that he's providing his son. Dode's it. So Yahweh needed Dode to do this. Dode needed to do this. So they were in a position where, you know, Dode realistically could have asked the sun, moon, and the stars. Also, how much like Yahweh is that to, to choose your son, your people, over all others? Yes. Yoab rightfully told him you'd be fine if we were all dead, if, if Absalom could be here. And Dode was probably thinking, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think yeah. that uh, who wouldn't choose their own son? Yeah, I think it's, it's also uh, very much like uh, Moshe, uh, not as personal. Uh, but, you know, when Yahweh wanted to go and liberate his people from Mitzrayim, Dode was, uh, Moshe was it. There were no other choices. And so either Moshe mm-hmm. said yes or, or God was stymied in terms of his ability to act because he always acts through people. There's only one person on the planet that was qualified to do it, Moshe. Well, in this case, only one person on the planet that's qualified to do this, Dode. But in Dode's case, rather than Yahweh coming to him and pleading with him to do this, it's just the opposite. Dode comes Mm -hmm. up with this decision. It's very clear. That's what we we read throughout where he says uh, in first person, using the cohortative. This is my decision. This is what I want. Matter of fact, in the 20th uh, Mismore that I'm translating right now, uh, Dode is talking about, I came up with this idea. Uh, this was my justification for it, and Yahweh approved it. So it's, right. it actually is the same discussion, uh, the opposite. So Dode was in a, and should have been, in a position where he could have requested most anything, and I think in this particular case, it's just Yahweh's nature to say, if you're willing to commit to helping me and my people, to work with me for the benefit of my people, 
you can trust me to give you much more than you provide. It is so difficult so to find someone who is qualified and willing to work with me on uh, in this way. That if you are, you need to know that what I'm going to give to you is going to infinitely exceed what you provide for me and my people. And I think Dode knew that. And of course, uh, he gets the inheritance of the firstborn. He's inheriting uh, the, uh, a favorite slice of the, uh, the universe. And God's anointing him as uh, the, uh, the leader of his people forevermore. And the thing that Dode really got out of this is the respect of his people. When, mm-hmm. when people are so impressed by what you have done, that they're broken down to tears when they see you, then you can be assured you've earned their respect. And that's what Zachariah 12 is all about. Dode earned his people's respect to the point of weeping. Iga'uth, pronounced E-Ya-Luth, is being used as a divine title. Uh, It's very similar to Elohim, although now in uh, conjunction with the set-apart spirit. This proper noun appears this one time in the Navi. Uh, Iyauth is the feminine form of Al, as we've discussed, and is the power behind the Passover lamb. It's the power behind uh, the ability to open the doorway to heaven. The name reveals that our spiritual mother is Ael, devoted to providing us with the ability to do whatever is required, empowering us such that we benefit from the Pesach Ael and find our way uh, home to Yah. On this day, she would abandon the dying body and then escort the surviving soul from Pesach to Matzah, where it would go from bad to worse. On, and she did so, taking his soul from Jerusalem to Sheol to fulfill unyeasted bread, taking our collective guilt along with him. Once there, she would observe from the outside the ensuing 24 hours of matzah, remaining vigilant and prepared to aid and abet Dode's release. Thereupon, she would envelop Dode's nephesh and empower him, preparing him for his return in conjunction with firstborn children. Yahweh has consistently called his set-apart spirit the Ruach Kodesh, which means set-apart spirit. Because Ruach is a feminine noun, this reveals that Yah's spirit represents God's maternal nature. And by being Kodesh, we know that our spiritual mother is set apart from Yahweh to serve us in similar ways. That is to say, she comes from Yah, that she is part of Yah, and that she is set apart from Yah for our benefit. Uh, Dode, by the way, is the most set apart. Knowing this, Dode is confirming his rendezvous with the set-apart spirit, um, affirming that the uh, Iyaluth 
will be there to liberate his soul from the black hole of Sheol when the job is done. Ms. Moore Song, Psalm 22:20. It is my desire and your will, my choice and yours, to deliver my soul, to snatch away and save my soul from the horror, the heat, the desolation and ruin, my unique position as son and precious life as the firstborn child from the influence of the contemptible scum and abased yelpers. The only part of the Messiah deployed during the fulfillment of Chagmatsa was Dode's official. And it would be snatched out of Sheol, liberated and saved by Yahweh's Ruach Kodesh. On this, father, mother, and son were in full agreement. By rescuing Dode's consciousness, Bukhurim was now possible. The firstborn son would lead the way home, expecting us to follow. It is apparent that the abased yelpers who hounded Dode during Pesach as he was being flailed alive were demonic and, uh, and anticipated in Sheol. Although there is another possibility, the Hebrew word for dog, Kaleb, is a compound of coal, all, and leb, heart. And it suggests that those who were being so abusive, barking and snipping at the Messiah, uh, are feelers, not thinkers. Religious rather than rational. They were all heart and no head. And clearly when Dode got into trouble... It was his heart that led him astray, not his head. Mm -hmm. There is another crime which must be exposed. The Masterites vocalized the textual uh, consonants C-H-R-B as Chereb rather than Choreb. The former is a knife, dagger, sword, axe, or chisel. Since uh, Dode's Passover ordeal... um, and I'm marking something here because we've got to go back and make a correction. But since those Passover ordeal uh, included whipping and the piercing torment of crucifixion, if the prophetic passage was changed to represent a plea to be spared from cutting implements, those prophetic credentials and subsequent sacrifice would be disqualified as it would not fit these predictions. Not knowing any better, the politically motivated clerics who prepared the King James Version punctuated this mistake. And since then, the ASV, NIV, uh, NKJV, and NASB are more revisions than new translations, and they replicated the error. The King James Version is published, Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. They came up with okay. my my darling by including the kid only child, which was scribed after Caleb, evil yelpers, rather than making it part of the next statement. The New American Standard Bible, which claims to be literal, reads, Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. <laughs> New Living Translation decided to ignore Nefesh's soul altogether which was the most important word in the statement, 
save me from the sword, my precious life from these dogs. Correctly rendered, the passage is prophetic, and it is also historically accurate, informative, and important. The set-apart spirit was tasked with the responsibility of retrieving Dode's soul from the desolate and lifelessness of Sheol, recruiting him from its horrible heat, as well as something that is part and parcel of the event horizon of a black hole. Therefore, long before we're introduced to the concept of a black hole, we find some of its attributes depicted in this text. Uh, It is a horrible, ruinous place of complete destruction, subject to intense heat. This experience is further detailed in Mismore Psalm 88. Collectively, this is the who, the when, the how, the why, behind the fulfillment of the first three Mikre. Yahweh, Dode, and the set-apart spirit were in one accord, all committed to establishing the covenant family. And they knew that uh, he would not be incarcerated longer than was necessary. This is now... Uh, Mismore Song, Psalm 22:21, And for those that are trying to follow along in the Jewish Publication Society, their Tanakh, it's always one verse uh, higher. So this is 22:22 for, uh, for them. You want to liberate and save me, to rescue and deliver me. This is God's desire. Out of the mouth of the fearsome and destructive beast. And from the horns of the bull representing the flashing light that has risen on high, you have answered me during my affliction. So this is our second encounter with that fearsome beast that was mentioned earlier in the Mismore. But this time we learn a little more about him. He is comprised of light and is yet uh, horned and flashy. He seeks a degree of adulation only the highest status would bring. And he is often presented in the guise of a bull. Now, this would make the destructive beast none other than Hasatan. Taking this one step further, while uh, uh, Eraya is often translated lion, it is clearly symbolic in this refrain. This vicious predator maims its prey, also telling. Uh, Aria forms the basis of Eridatha, a name of Babylonian origin, which identifies the founder of the Babylonian mystery religion. Satan, we're told, in Yashaya 14 would rise out of Babylon. We would not be surprised that the most common symbol for Babylon's god was a winged lion. The gates of Babylon were adorned with them. So Dode uses in the seventh Mismore as a pseudonym for Satan's alliance with Shaul, an especially fearsome beast, and that he was prophetic of the wannabe apostle Shaul, known to Christians as Paul. He wrote, Yahweh, my God, in you I find a trusted and safe place with you delivering me from all of my pretentious pursuers, especially from the boisterous 
who are verbally cantankerous against me. You are preserving me for a later time. Or otherwise, in the manner of a fiercely destructive being, a vicious beast of prey, area, he, to satiate his own cravings, will rip apart my soul, snatching it away and shredding it without sparing it. This mm. is symbolically then uh, explaining why Dode used that term in the 22nd Mismore. He had already defined it in the seventh mismore we're dealing with Hasatan. Hasatan, by the way is a major player as it relates to dote much of ezekiel which is Hasatan's autobiography and playbook is written specifically to denounce uh, dote as a matter of fact uh, when the corporeal incarnation of satan enters jerusalem in the last uh, uh, three years of the time of Jacob's troubles um, uh, he celebrates with the Feast of the Beast. And during the Feast of the Beast, uh, Dode is on the menu. It's a cannibalistic affair where Dode's flesh and his blood are consumed in, uh, in this mock celebration of, uh, of satanic horror. So the adversary is primarily adversarial to Dode because the adversary knows that if he can undermine what Dode has achieved, he can prevail. If he undermines Dode, there is no Yom Kippurim because Dode is returning with Yahweh to anoint the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. If he uh, eliminates, he can't eliminate, if he uh, precludes Jews from appreciating Dode's fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, and Bakorim, there is no hope for salvation. There is no remnant that would be waiting for his return. So the primary victim of Hasatan's uh, plan and his wrath is Dode. He can't go against God. And so his hope is that he can so fool the people about what Dode has done that he will ultimately prevail. Not going to happen that way. And we're part of the reason that it won't happen that way. For sure. You know, I never well, really that, understood. Oh, go ahead, Kirk. No, I mean, but that, that I would surmise that, that uh, Doe, Doe, number one, has to love Yada. Oh, he must look down and go, wow, mm-hmm. I like this guy. And secondly, <laughs> well, that, I know you may, well, oh, no, 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 but yes. And the other thing is, is, uh, she, um, uh, Hasatan has to hate the heck out of this. I mean, you, yes. I can't imagine yeah, I he wouldn't be true. working every way. I just thought, well, true. that's what we're up against. But uh, we got Yana, so yeah, I, I think it's true that uh, that. And but, I think wow. that. Uh, but fortunately, the story of uh, of uh, of Job and of uh, Satan uh, saying, you know, he's only. Uh, Speak, says nice things about you because you know you've given him everything he could uh, ever want yeah. to have, and you know give me a little time with him and he'll uh, turn on you. Uh, that story is it doesn't ring too well. Ridiculous and yeah, untrue. Okay, good. Uh, it's, a, it's a complete myth. I so this idea myth. of uh, Satan somehow negotiating with God, he says, okay, okay, I, I know you had to stoop to a, a goy to serve as your last witness because there was nobody among your people that was willing to do it. But uh, and this guy, you know, I know he's trying really hard. He wrote in all these books and everything else. And, you know, I, I 
genuinely hate him. But you know, he's only doing it because you know you've you've given him everything. You know, you he's got this beautiful place to live and a beautiful wife and a and a, you know wonderful family and and uh, and you know just All these huge wonderful in, yeah. loving support for uh, this mission that uh, you've sent him on. Let me take that away from him, along with all of your your uh, seven spirits uh, that are empowering and supporting him. And, you know, he'll be a blundering, blundering idiot like uh, everybody else. Well, Yahweh's not going to tolerate that for a second. I mean, he set this you whole know? thing up to achieve he the result and that he wanted, up. which was his people yeah. to be awakened to what Dode had done for them so that they could come home right, and that there would be a reception on Yom Kippurim. So why would Yahweh entertain allowing Satan to thwart that plan? Not tradition without so, no, Yahweh, none of us are... Great. So that's it's right. just it's <laughs> so it's kind of a, a prayer challenge. in the world that uh, that he's going to allow that to occur. Um, right. And so you know, um, no, we're not we're not concerned about it. But clearly, if Hasatan were allowed to disrupt what we're doing, he would. Sure. Sure. You now, know, I never understood kind of like, why Satan was so insane to go up against Yahweh because I mean, it's just. And now I realize it's not Yahweh he's trying to defeat. It's it's Dode. Mm-hmm. And it makes more sense to me about the nature of Hasatan. Yeah. So, you know, Hasatan is going to um, find willing participants like, you know, Akiba was one, Muhammad was one, uh, Paul of Christian fame oh, was yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adolf Hitler was certainly one. He's going to find mm-hmm. his uh, stooges uh, that he's going to... Uh, uh, make feel like they're enlightened uh, and that they're powerful and everything else. They'll sell their soul to him, and and he will work through them. And 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 through confusion and counterfeit and the like, he will do everything he can to dissuade people from recognizing that Dode fulfilled Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim, leading to Shabuah, uh, and that Dode will fulfill Kaporim when he returns. And so he doesn't need to uh, to thwart us uh, because he's uh, doesn't have any access. But he absolutely has access to the religious and the political, uh, and that's his agenda. Because if he can confuse enough people, uh, his hope is that there won't be anybody there for Kaporim. And if there's nobody there looking up to Yahweh and uh, and mourning over uh, Dode, then uh, Yahweh won't return, and he can continue to um, torment people here He's on the beast. earth. To his, yeah, to uh, the the cows come home. So that that is his strategy to ward off this beast. Um, we have a very um, effective tool. It's Yahweh's Ana testimony. His response prize, uh, pro, uh, provides us with the answer we need. Since many Hebrew words have a light, uh, light and dark side, let's consider. Uh, an entirely different approach uh, to the concluding statement in Mizmor Psalm uh, 2221. Uh, it can read, and so from the brilliant light of this summit, which lifts on high, you have answered me during my affliction. This is an equally... Um, um, justifiable translation. So you can read it, 
Uh, you want to liberate and save me, to rescue me and deliver me out of the mouth of the fearsome and destructive beast uh, and from the horns of the bull representing the flashing light that has risen on high, uh, you have answered me during my affliction. Perfectly legitimate translation of those words. But as I say, since Hebrew words have a dark and light side, um, those same words can be rendered. And so from the brilliant light of this summit, which lifts on high, you have answered me during my affliction. Kareen, uh, which speaks of brilliant light, is exactly the term that uh, Yahweh used when describing the horns of the mm-hmm. uh, sacrificial Pesach Al, the substitute lamb that was available for Abraham and Yishak on Moriah, exactly 40 Yobel prior to this time. So I actually prefer the, uh, the latter rendering because it uh, not only addresses the location where this occur, but it speaks of the spirit's response. It also serves to connect this portion of the prophecy with that which occurred on Moriah, as I mentioned, 2,000 years earlier, when Koren was used to depict the radiant nature of the Lamb, Yahweh promised to provide at this time. So staying focused on this amazing piece of inspired literature, no matter how uh, they are rendered, the last four words of the 21st lyric are the most important and the least understood. Men, Karen, Ram, uh, and uh, Ana. The JPS Tanakh, based upon the Mesoretic text, conveys, from the horns of the oxen rescues me. Changing answers to rescues, because otherwise the verse would turn God into the ox's horns. The (laughs) New American Standard Bible uh, gets Anah correct, but then commits a similar crime, rendering the passage from the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me, which has God writing the wild oxen. The uh, American Standard Version adds a yay, but otherwise reads like its descendant. The NIV, which is always fun, dropped the reference to answering Anah and replaced it with save Yasha. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. More creative still, the KJV, ignoring two of the four words and convoluting the others, translates, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) That must be proof for the Christians that uh, unicorns actually exist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You just can't make this stuff up. No. (laughs) No, so that we don't add to the stench, although I am told that unicorns uh, poop glitter, so it probably wouldn't smell all that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Let's (laughs) let's start over. Uh, Ana can convey something positive or negative, depending on the context. It is typically rendered to answer, to respond, to testify, or to reply, providing testimony as a witness. at the other extreme, if addressing what Dode would endure on this day, Anak can be seen as affliction or humiliation. Yeah. 
uh, it's it's important for words to have this dark and light side because if you don't acknowledge what Dode has done for you, then your soul will be afflicted and humiliated as his was on this day. But if you respond correctly and answer to his uh, uh, his testimony, then your soul uh, will, witness, will, yeah. will not. So it yeah. is it's yeah. one of these beautiful terms that. Uh, you you get out of it what you see in it. Uh, ana, however, yeah. does not mean save or rescue. You just can't get there. But what it does mean is important. God responds to those who seek him and who are willing to rely upon him. <clears throat> and since Ana Ani was scribed in second person, <clears throat> it reads, you answered me. No, Yahweh was not writing on the horns of a wild ox. Karen, as we have learned, has a wide range of definitions. It speaks of shining, being radiant, emitting and sending out brilliant rays of light supernaturally. Karen's horn symbolism can denote a desire for power and authority over a kingdom, and at times can mean flashy. As noted previously, Yahweh uses Karen in the same place and in the same phrase of Abraham's dress rehearsal for uh, the Passover sacrifice, speaking of the sacrificial lamb that was substituted by Yahweh, God said he had shining horns of radiant light, brilliant flashing rays of light similar to lightning from a supernatural source, symbolic of power, well, status, and might, a trumpet for signaling a message, and was the summit of a mountain. Boy, all of those things apply to Dode. Yeah. Right. It does and start the with a Go ahead. You know, I say it does start with a quaff to begin with, so I would go to the light first. Because mm-hmm. it's a right on the horizon line. So, I, so I would, that would be the first place I would look. And yeah, then, yeah, the, the rest uh, of them are all there, too. Yeah, the, the, the quaff is, uh, is almost always depicted as the rising sun. It's the sun on the horizon. Of course, it could be the rising sun or the setting sun. Uh, but as yeah. uh, Hebrew reads from uh, right to uh, to left, uh, and in uh, standing in Israel from right to left, you would have the rising sun before the setting sun, uh, and uh, and so it, to be the rising sun, it's the increase in light. It is a new day, uh, a time of enlightenment, um, a time of life, uh, is the the inference of the the cove. So you are correct. The the lead letter in the uh, in the word uh, takes you there. But Corrine, uh, you know, all three letters are wonderful together. The cove is increased oh, yeah, the, uh, uh, enlightenment. The, the roche is at, uh, for an observant person uh, regarding mm-hmm. the nun, which is the uh, the sun, the start of uh, of new mm-hmm. life. Yeah, the child. So, yeah. yeah, we're talking about. <laughs> That's where I Dota. go with it. Yeah, first we're talking about Dota again. Yeah. Uh, no matter how you yeah. turn, it's it's that story. And listen, I, I I realize now, and this is going to be true forevermore. Uh, yeah. Once upon a time, I came to recognize this is probably now ten years ago uh, that the Son of God and the Messiah was dope. And I corrected every reference uh, to yada yada and made it very clear that Yahweh is exceedingly clear that his son and his Messiah is Dode, not the misnomer that, uh, that has uh, been the basis of a, of a competitive 
anti-Semitic religion. It's dope. And when I began to proclaim that and, and how important Dode was to our relationship with Yahweh as the exemplar of the, of the covenant, uh, more than half of those who had listened to these programs uh, back over 10 years ago and read the books um, had a conniption fit. Um, no, it is. And, and yeah, I was really uh, slandered a lot saying that I had fallen in love with and I had a bromance with Dote. And, uh, and we'd spend a lot of time so during the coming home period and <laughs> while completing observations, speaking of this transformation and the realization that Dode is the central character in God's story. Yeah. That is nothing compared to the realization that Dode is the uh, person who volunteered to fulfill Isaac Matzabakurim, leading to uh, Shabua, uh, of which we proclaimed during Teruah about his return on Kaporim to be the king forevermore of Sukkah. His soul is the implement fulfilling the Moed Mikre. The, the Moed Mikre are the, is the lone path that Yahweh has provided to, to, restore, yeah. uh, to give us the benefits of the covenant. Eternal life, uh, being perfected, being adopted into his family, being enriched and empowered. Um, these are essential things. And the realization that that Yahweh through the prophet Yashaya, through Zachariah, uh, and vociferously through Dode and the Mizmor, laid this all out for us to tell us that Dode was going to perform this role, is going to preoccupy our message. It's going yeah. to be the dominant theme. And every place that it turns up and every place that it's affirmed, we're going to share. And so the intensity to which we are going to focus on Dode is going to grow. It is essential to God's people for them to know they can do away with this whole myth of a Jesus Christ. Uh, and right. for them to know that not only was Pesach, Matzah, and Bakurim fulfilled, but it was fulfilled by Dode. That the Messiah that they're awaiting is the Messiah who has been here twice before. that they can relax and know that the man who, who was so effective defending them will defend them again. But he not only will defend them, he'll save them. And that the entire story of the covenant and the fulfillment of the, the Mikre is based on what father and son have done together. It is such a perfect picture. It is so... Um, wonderful it's wonderful to the point of tears for Israel so be prepared that's that is what we're going to be talking about that's what we're going to be sharing that that is Yahweh's message to his people it's not only Dode who is calling them home it's Dode who enables the means for them to come home yes in all of us 
who are there when Yahweh returns with Dode on Yom Kippurim in uh, 2033, year 6,000 Yah. All of us will be there because he did this. Right. The most heroic and compassionate act in human history. And it's been totally denied and degraded by Judaism and Christianity to the point that there aren't one in 10 million people that currently know this. Now, and having recently translated um, uh, the Mismore that uh, formed the first seven chapters of Coming Home One, which you know maybe in the next few weeks we will finish and get back on the bookshelf uh, in its rewritten form. Um, but Dode is very um, enthusiastic. Uh, he and Yahweh both say that they are celebrating the harvest, uh, that they are delighted with the number uh, and the quality of people who will be there for Kippurim. So we will prevail. Um, we don't, you know, I, I've, I've felt that, that we all had to redouble our efforts to, uh, to keep um, Satan from prevailing and, uh, and having a queen's sweep because uh, so few Yehudim, Jews, and Yisrael yeah. were coming to this realization that the, uh, the only ones that had come to this realization are those who have been part of our company for some time and have learned through DNA tests that they are Jewish. Mm. And being Jewish has all to do with your ethnicity and nothing to do with your religiosity. Right. And so we've, we recognize that a homecoming in Jerusalem for Yahweh and Dod is only possible if God continues to empower what we're doing and we prevail. And Dode has said it very succinctly and powerfully and his mismore that looking forward to that date, that they're very happy with the, uh, the quality of the harvest and they're singing songs about uh, those that uh, father and son have saved. So be there. Be, be among those who are there. Um, life is better in every possible way. The sooner you make the decision, the better, because time is running out. We have 10 years left under the most optimistic of certain circumstances. What I mean by that is that, that a very high percentage of the world's population is not going to survive this, through the next 10 years. Yeah. And so you're, uh, if you don't survive it, but you've made this choice to accept Dode for what he has done for you and, and embrace father and son in this covenant relationship as they fulfill the Moed Mikre and celebrate them and answer these uh, invitations to meet with God, then no matter what happens to your body, your soul will survive it. So you can take out, uh, I mean, remove all the sting of what's going to happen during the time of Jacob's troubles simply by embracing what father and son have done. It is a wonderful story to see how they are 
of like mind um, and how they are offering this to their people. And if you're a Yehud, take advantage. Um, do so quickly. Devote the time. Your soul is worth it. So that's probably a pretty good place for us to mm-hmm. uh, to stop. We can um, uh, resume this chapter next week. It is a wonderful learning experience. There's a lot of items in the news we did not cover. Maybe we'll cover them next week. But I did want to get back uh, to this story um, because it is the most amazing mm-hmm. story ever told. Yeah, if there ever was a, fa- <laughs> I mean, a father and son story. It's and a lead story. Know, yeah, and it, you know, it's all there. It's it's just like uh, while uh, while Adam is not called uh, a son of God, uh, he, their relationship is very much like father and son. And while Noah isn't called uh, the uh, the son of God, uh, Yahweh's relationship with him is very much like father and son. And of course, on the uh, on the ark, Noah would have his sons, and. While uh, Dode is the one person who is referred to under this father and son uh, label, it is the covenant is based upon father and son, which is why with Abraham, even though his name means merciful father, uh, and and Abraham is clearly Yahweh's uh, friend, not his son, it's still a father and son relationship. And uh, he would create the that uh, uh, covenant relationship by allowing um, Abraham and Sarah to give birth to Yishak. But the whole story all the way through is father and son. And, and then Yishak uh, having Yaakov uh, uh, is his son and, and of Yaakov uh, of having the 12 sons that would become the 12 tribes of Yisrael. It is a father and son story all the way through. And, and then when you get to Dode himself, he becomes the one person who is named. He is my son. I am his father. He is the one person whom Yahweh calls out and said, he is my firstborn. And all of the things that he said about the covenant, all the things from the Garden of Eden through the, uh, the Ark of the Flood, uh, through the formation of the covenant with Abraham, Yishak, and Jacob, all of it comes full circle um, with Dote, serving as the Son of God as Father and Son work together to uh, save their people and to uh, enable the covenant family. It is uh, as uh, Moshe would provide the framework um, with his words, Dode would live it with his life. Well, we've reached the end of our program. I want to thank you both for being part of this. It's a pretty exciting material. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's um, a wonderful thing to be able to celebrate what um, father and son have done, a wonderful awakening opportunity for Yisrael, for God's people, and a, a, a wonderful celebration for father and son. Uh, they've gone a long time without having been able to celebrate what they achieved together. Yah was very proud of his son. And, and should there, be. There have been no witnesses. Yeah, and and Dode's proud of what he now accomplished and should be. And so many people could benefit. 
if they'd only know. And so uh, I think that beyond any question, this is the greatest discovery of all time, the one that yeah. has the most value for those who embrace it. And we're offering it free. Uh, we're proving its uh, legitimacy. And we're inviting you to, uh, to share it with us. Um, the greatest treasure in human history. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being with you this evening, and uh, yes. Perky D. With Perky D, yes. I hope you uh, feel better. I know you you have struggled from some uh, another bout with uh, COVID, but you know, don't worry because mm-hmm. the World Health Organization says that the uh, the threat <laughs> of COVID is over. Is over so uh, oh, <laughs> you yay. can tell those little <laughs> you can tell those little boogers that yeah, you don't they exist. don't exist. <laughs> that who says uh, go away. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm actually quite convinced that uh, that COVID is going to be with us right to the very end. That uh, it continues uh, to mutate. Uh, the uh, the numbers of cases in China has blossomed again. I think that the issue that that who and uh, and the National Institute of Health in America uh, are clueless about is that long ago people stopped being tested. So you can say, well, there's no great uh, um, growth, but we all have now home tests. There's no reason for uh, to be tested otherwise, and no one is taking the home test is reporting it uh, because there's nothing anybody's going to do for you. But the number right. of people that have COVID is probably greater now than any ever a- any time in the history of this disease. And Thanks. this bugger, it has really some nasty lingering effects. Um, and so while it's not lethal for most people, you know, it's still probably in the flu range and one in a thousand, it has lots of terrible legacy effects. Um, the last time I had it, it was, uh, excruciating headaches, uh, for a long (laughs) period of time. Um, uh, Leah's had it uh, a third time also. And, uh, while she had the headaches, a lot of other things that has an effect on uh, on her immune system. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's had different effects on you this last time, uh, uh, Dee. So for those yes. who uh, have it, I, I'm sorry. It is, uh, it is the gift of the Chinese uh, lab accident that went awry. And mm-hmm. um, it's uh, mankind has made a, made a terrible blunder, and we're going to pay for it right to the very end. And I'm convinced that... Uh, that there'll be other pandemics um, probably along with it. Although man's most deadly uh, and debilitating pandemics uh, are um, religion are comprised of yeah, religious words, mm-hmm. political words, religious words, the kind of things that's infecting Israel uh, right now. Um, and they're going to get much worse. Well, anyway, yeah. thank you so much for listening. We look forward to with you, being with you uh, next week. As always, may Yah bless. Happy Shabbat to one and all. Good night. Shabbat Shalom, Yah. Night. Happy Shabbat. Good night.